0: Tales of War, Chapter 3, Friends and Family Commander Cromwell seemed uninterested, or discontent. It was hard to read his facial expression due to his hanging, dead skin. A forsaken's mood was usually given away by the tone of voice Cadium found. Luckily, the commander soon spoke. This gnome seems to be to my taste. Amused. Cadian had not quite expected that, but he could see why. Prone to causing trouble and enjoys doing it. I could do without the flair, though. Do you think the assault on Zobal was caused by you capturing him? Is he important? It does not seem likely, Cadian answered with only a hint of contempt. When he heard that it was to Zobal he had been taken, he appeared content, as if he knew what was going to happen. I assume he had heard of the planned attack, and simply used it to his advantage. The assault on the Zobal ruins had indeed clearly been planned thoroughly. Almost simultaneously, the Alliance forces had begun their attacks from two fronts. One on the front gates, and one from the inside, by drilling their way through the ground with a dark iron mole machine. It had been swift and precise. Archers in the front distracted Horde forces to allow the dwarves on the inside to attack from behind. It had been Cadian and Barum who had given the Horde the upper hand they needed to repel the attack. As they had not been with the rest of the forces by the southern wall, they were able to surprise the dwarves from behind. Escaping back through their dark iron machine, the dwarves had cut the assault short. Now Cadian was back in the Zuljan outpost, and he had given his report to Commander Cromwell. Does sound reasonable. You told me his reason for attacking the Blood Trolls was to make them harass us so that we would be distracted. I can't say I've noticed a big increase in Blood Troll activity, so either the Alliance's plan did not work, or this gnome made it up to waste time until the assault began. We have seen the Blood Trolls push further south in recent weeks, Kadian pointed out. Although, we cannot say whether that is due to our efforts or the Alliance's. Either way, a Blood Troll war-matron informed us about the Gnome. That counts for something." Cromwell nodded, but did not reply. The commander often took pauses to think and strategize the Blood Elf had noticed during his time in Nazmir. He waited patiently as the Forsaken stared into the wall. "'This war against the Blood Trolls will be won. It is simply a matter of time, he said finally. They have no more great leaders to follow, and with the Horde's help, the Sandalari will eventually reclaim Nazmir. The Alliance threat, however, is not going away by itself, and their presence here is hardly due to the plentiful harvest potential. They have their eyes on a bigger goal. The commander eyed Cadian carefully. He then turned his back to him and straightened up. You are better needed protecting our borders. Zul'asar is their main target, and we need to reinforce our outposts there. Collect your things and report to Zabar in the morning. Cromwell paused for a second. Take Asp and Baron with you. Dismissed, Paladin. The slaughtered lamb was unusually crowded this evening. It was an unusual crowd as well. Throughout Azeroth, the people you found most often at pubs during late hours were soldiers. Of course, there were always other patrons. Dwarves and Pandaren are a given, as well as the odd merchant. But in the slaughtered land, other faces could be seen. Tailors, bankers, bakers, elderly women and men. The war against the Horde had hit hard against the Alliance. Its army had suffered great losses, which meant that its citizens had suffered just as greatly. Large portions of Stormwind's inhabitants sought their way to the inns and bars of the city, night after night, seeking to find some respite from their suffering. Gloom was carried on each and every face in this large lamp. Except one. In one of the corners, by one of the smaller tables, a gnome was seated. Sporting a wide, deep teal-colored hat, he was sitting alone, sipping a red wine while entertaining himself with what could only be described as people-watching, and smiling. Perhaps that was why the young mage approached him. The slaughtered lamb had seemed a good place to distract oneself, but the gloomy faces were not particularly inviting. So she found herself standing by the gnome's table.
1: Do you mind if I sit with you, Master Gnome?
0: The teal hat tipped backward, and the gnome's eyes met the eyes of the young mage. They were large eyes, and the brown in them seemed to sparkle. Why, of course! All I ask is your name. The gnome replied in a cheerful tone.
1: My name is Theresia. May I ask yours? Theresia?
0: Hmm, a very human name. How come? The mage was caught off guard by the question. Still standing by the table, she scratched her neck.
1: Well, because I am a human,
0: she responded in the most matter of fact way possible.
1: Oh, well,
0: that does explain it. You never know with appearances. The gnome raised his glass and took a sip of his wine. For example, you assumed I was a gnome, plain as that. What would you say if I told you that I was Strick Flunkblast, a powerful warlock who has traveled the planet in search of mysteries to astound friends and enemies alike, and that I only recently returned from assisting the Alliance army in an effort to cripple the Horde in Sandalar?
1: If you did tell me that, I would only believe that your name is Strick Flunkblast, and even if all those things were true, you would still be a gnome, which would make my first and only assumption about you true master gnome.
0: The last two words were delivered as one would deliver a punchline of a joke, and the gnome's face lit up, his smile showing off his very white teeth. I suppose you're right about that. I am, in fact, that Strick I just described, and I am indeed a gnome. Teresia's face spoke clearly of the fact that she was highly sceptical to strict’s description of himself. Even though the gnome stared straight into this face of disbelief, he didn't seem to mind.
1: So if you are powerful and willing to so generously assist the Alliance, why are you here in Stormwind?
0: Teresia asked as she sat down. Oh, that is a matter of difference of opinion. Although I am highly competent in my areas of expertise, I was seen as somewhat of a liability. I always accomplished my assignments, but apparently making up your own targets is frowned upon. I might have been captured by the Horde during one of my personal excursions. Strick nonchalantly took a swig of his wine as he said this. Teresia's face was unchanged from its skeptical appearance. But I escaped all by my own. Sure, I had some help by a planned assault on that specific encampment, but I got out. When I returned to camp, I received a real hiding from Commander Straw. And was promptly sent back to Stormwood. They would rather have me, I quote, serve more practically in our supplies department than as a loose cannon. Slowly the human's face was starting to change into an amused as well as intrigued expression. Even if this story was not true, which she doubted it was, this strict flunk blast was a most interesting character. So now you've heard my story, humiliations and all. I'm interested in you. The only person in this room, aside from me, who isn't wallowing in pain and sadness. It was an awful and morbid thing to say, and only reminded Teresa more why she had come to this place in the first place.
1: I haven't lost family, but I am here because of the war.
0: She shifted in her chair, as if she would be able to rub off all the restlessness and nervousness she had carried around for a few days on that chair.
1: A week ago, I was still in training to become a battle mage, Three days ago, they told me that my training had to be ended preemptively because they needed every able body for the war effort.
0: Strick slid his wine glass toward the soon-to-be battle mage. His smile was still there, but it was a much milder one, almost compassionate. Teresia gave a thankful nod to the gnome and took a sip of the wine. (laughs) What kind of wine is this? The mage asked in astonishment. The wine hadn't simply had a flavor, it had been a sensation throughout her body. Strick grinned happily. It's a dollar noir, spiked with just a little bit of arc wine. You know, the stuff the Suramar elves make? No, finish it, the gnome said when Theresia wanted to hand it back to him. My taste buds are longing for some Stormwind Tawny. Besides, that glass is almost empty anyway. As Strick waved for Gerald Moore, the bartender, to come over, Teresia drank the last sip of arc wine spiked noir. The sensation surged through her again and as she shifted in her chair once more, she found a comfortable spot. The rest of the evening passed quickly. Strick found that he quite enjoyed having someone to talk to, and Teresia was glad to have a distraction. And Strick was quite the distraction, it turned out. Teresia had told him that even though she was going to ship out as a battle mage for the Alliance, her training still continued until the day she would join the 7th Legion. They had not given her a date when it was time, So, she found herself incredibly nervous every morning, in case that day would be the day she would know. So, Strick told her that he went for a morning walk every day, and invited her to join him the next morning. In a, why not moment, she had agreed. That invitation to one morning walk turned into a standing invitation for every morning, and Teresia kept coming. For one, she did find that the walk in itself helped her clear her head and regain focus for her training. But she also had to admit that she enjoyed the company of Strick Flunkblast. He was quite the character. He never knew what he was going to say next. But in addition to that, he actually had a lot of interesting things to say. It seemed as if he indeed was well-traveled and knew a lot about the world. He was very certain about his opinions and at the same time had a very playful attitude towards life. Although Strick never said it directly to Teresia, he too was going to find other time together. Their morning walks continued daily. Strick occupied himself with the work the army had given him in caring for supplies, and Teresia's training was more intense than ever. But even though they kept busy, they were both very aware that the day that Teresia would be leaving with the 7th legion was coming closer every day. Ah, this restlessness is driving me insane! Nothing will ever happen in this village. Calm yourself, Trug. It does not do well for an orc like yourself to get angry. You might scare someone. Why are we even here, Cadian? There are plenty of Sandalari here. Why don't we go to the south? To where we have been numerous clashes with the Alliance in Daria. You know full well why we are here in Zabahari. It is an outpost of great value. If it hadn't been defended from Zul's rebellion, we might have found ourselves in a very different situation. Zul is dead. Besides, if this is such an important outpost, how come the Alliance still have been able to get to Warbeast Crawl? I hear Trug is trying to think. Don't strain yourself, friend. We need that brain to still be somewhat functional. Bear, you're back from your patrol. Any news? Come sit with us around the fire. I won't join you. I need to stretch my legs. Running on all four is adrenaline feud, but my calves are always sore. Oh, come sit with us. You have been alone long enough. You need to socialize. Thank you, Aspa, but I will not sit. I won't leave, though. i better keep an eye on Trug. You underestimate me, Baron. I know full well why we are here. It is a token gesture to the Sandalari to earn their trust. I just don't like it. Like that smile on your face, Ethron. I know you're making fun of me. I'm not smiling. Does it look like I'm smiling? It does resemble something like a smile. More like a frown, though. <laughs> I will remember that. What does this look like? A wink. Is it really that hard to control your face? I've had this face for a long time. Just like Commander Cromwell, I have a hard time actually moving most of my face. The Commander's cousin though, now that is forsaken with a good face control. My cousin has incredible- Oh for the love of Drenor! would you please stop pacing Baron? It's driving me insane! So restlessness and pacing, is there anything else that drives you insane? (laughs) Very funny. Now you got me thinking of family. Diritar seems so far away. I half expected to get to go home for Winter's Vale. My grandmother's pumpkin pie. Now that is something I miss. At least your family is waiting for you in your home. My former family burned my home. The Alliance destroyed Brill. Home and family. No, I haven't either. The silence that followed was solemn. Without a word, Baron approached the fire and sat down next to Aetheron. With a meaningful look, the Forsaken nodded at Baron. Something actually resembling a smile was playing on his lips. The afternoon sun was getting low. Stormwind had a yellow tint from the light, which was a welcome change from the stark white stone that most of the buildings in the city sported. This day, Strick had been assigned the early morning shift, and as such, his normal morning walk with Teresia had not taken place. Instead, they had agreed to meeting up after Teresia's training. At this point, they had walked for almost an hour, and they had walked in silence for the past ten minutes. It wasn't an awkward silence, just a silence as they walked by the canal and enjoyed the sun. In a moment, when they were both walking with their eyes closed, heads toward the sun, they were surprised by a voice and came to a halt. Teresa Bailey! A young man stood in front of them, with a satchel hanging from his shoulder. A courier.
1: Yes? Is there a message for me? The confusion
0: she felt only lasted for a second before it dawned on her what the message would be. You have been ordered to report to Captain Stormshield in two days' time. You will be briefed at that time. Teresia's heart sank. Strick was quick to lay his hand on her shoulder, and she looked over at the gnome. Even now, in the face of news like this, Strick was still smiling. A warm smile. That was something Teresia admired about the gnome. Excuse me, Master Gnome? Strick dramatically rolled his eyes at that. And Teresia couldn't help but crack a smile, even for only a moment. Do you happen to be Strick Flunkblast? The one and only, in the flesh, strict said it proudly and turned to the courier. You have also been ordered to report to Captain Stormshield. Your time with the supplies have come to an end. Surprised, Teresia and Strick looked at each other. Then, the very next moment, they both started laughing. You've listened to Tales of War, a Warcraft audio drama. A special thanks to Sharm, who supplied the voices of Theresea as well as Aspa. A huge thank you. Go check her out on YouTube, where you can find her on Sharm. If you want to hear or read updates about this show, you can find me on Twitter at OKadian, That is O-H-Kadian. Thank you very much for listening.